This is Conversation Hollywood. Thanks for listening. I'm James Pratt. Today, this is a great podcast for our international audience. We've got an Australian producing icon, John Simpson. Now, to give you a little bit of an idea about John's career, he's had almost 20 years in the industry. He's worked on films such as 33 Postcards with Guy Pearce. He's worked even with Russell Crowe. He's done over 25 films as the head distributor at Titan Films. John, thanks very much for having a chat. Oh, great to be here, James. Thank you very much. 25 films, you've obviously seen a lot about what works and what doesn't work. Right now, 2019, what sort of films are working with distribution? Films that really connect with an audience, and that's probably quite an obvious thing to say, but uh, a lot of filmmakers run off, make a film without um, really contemplating the audience. One of the films that you've worked on, 33 Postcards. Can you tell us a bit about your experience with a co-production between, this one was actually between Australia and China. The cinematic audience in China is essentially uh, young people, uni students. Um, Whereas in our market, we do have uh, a much broader range of people attending the cinema. You know, we, we were aiming at 45 plus female skew for our demographic. The opening night in Sydney of um, 33 Postcards, the Chinese co-producer was there and the next day he called me in for a meeting. A very, very powerful man, head of Hendian Studios, Mr. Liu, and he said through the translator, he said, um, you know, John L, uh, you've been saying to me this film is, you know, skews older for, for 45 plus women. Uh, I I thought that was ridiculous. I watched the film, I watched the opening night audience, and I looked around, and this is in his words, and I saw all these old people. And he said to me, he said, I thought to myself, why aren't you at home in bed? And then I realised that what you had been telling me for six months was in fact true, (laughs) that, that older people in the West actually watch films. And so his comment that the film was for 20-year-olds was not actually... He wasn't commenting on the, on, on, uh, the audience for the film, what the film, who the film would appeal to, but rather who attends the cinema. And so all of the marketing in China, the film looked completely different. The, the tra- they cut their own poster, their own trailer. They made... It looked like a, a, um, a very hard-edged, uh, aggressive... Uh, thriller. China was so different to the audience going public in Australia. It had to be marketed. To be able to even get anyone to attend the cinema, it had to be marketed in a very different way. 33 Postcards, of course, directed by Pauline Chan. Now, talk to us a little bit about specifically what your role was on that film. So I was head of marketing on behalf of uh, the Western world. Uh, China did their own marketing, and I also was the Australasian distributor. Now, another one of the uh, actors that was actually on 33 Postcards, Guy Pearce, talk to me a little bit about your experience working with him and why has he been so successful? Guy Pearce is all about the work, so he's not at all interested, you know, in, in, in the trappings of fame. He's obviously very famous. Um, he, he couldn't care less about that stuff. Um, when he's on set, he's all about the character, all about the role. So he he worked incredibly hard on that film, which is ultimately a, a little film for Guy. But he loved the script, and he he met with the director, and he he loved her vision, and he couldn't wait 
to, to get going. We were very, very lucky to have him. He, um, he gets so entrenched in the character. He gets right into the heart and soul of the character. And the work, I think what perhaps makes him a consummate actor is when he gets on set, he's also there for the other actors. So he's, he's, not, he's, not, the, uh, he's not the selfish Hollywood style actor that we sometimes hear about who, you know, does his stuff then goes, sits in the trailer whilst the other actor has to, you know, work with a stand-in. One of the beautiful things about Guy on 33 Postcards, he was working with a, a, a magnificent um, young Chinese actress, Zhu Lin. She had only been in Australia for six weeks. She had learnt all of the English script off by heart. Uh, she was not fluent when she arrived learning English, but she was fluent six weeks later. She was quite an extraordinary person. But she, she was a young woman and she was some, whilst she was talented, she was somewhat inexperienced. Now Guy, in film we talk about the reverses. So you've got a, you've got a two shot, you've got a scene where two people are talking. Now the camera has to move at some point to show the other person's responses. Now sometimes they'll put a stand in, in the star will do their bit and then they nip off to their, to their trailer and you know, have a sleep or, you know, or, or drink or whatever. Guy, that wasn't Guy at all. He stayed take after take, standing behind the camera so that Zulin had someone to act opposite. And I think that's one of the good stories you hear about when someone does really make it in Hollywood and does very, very well. They keep that humility about them as well. Just another aspect, talking about 33 Postcards. We're talking with John Simpson from Titan View, producer. Market at the moment, the film industry, it is shifting more and more with co-productions and also a Chinese influence. You've done a lot of co-productions and also Titan View does have a foot in that industry. What are some of your pieces of advice for anyone that's looking at making a film and then having it distributed in China or making a film and wanting it to be successful in China? I'd say go do your homework. Um, anyone listening now can name probably 300 American films, you know, 200 British films, hundreds of European films. How many Chinese films are you aware of and that you'll, you might be able to name some but go do your homework find out about Chinese directors find out about the Chinese sensibility you know if you, if you want to partner with them don't go in there cynically going oh that's a big market I'll take some of that go uh, go to the Shanghai Film Festival you know do the work go to the Hong Kong Film Festival go to the film market go and meet people go and watch their films if you are sincerely wanting to be in business in China, do your research because it is a very, very different market and they will see straight through anyone who's just being cynical uh, and you know, be deeply respectful. Great advice. What specifically do they like in a film? Action adventure plays really well in China. Um, something where people can come in and they get carried, you know, they can get carried away to another world. So uh, obviously fantasy film like Avatar broke all box office records. Now a lot of people listening mightn't uh, quite have the budget that uh, James Cameron had. But, but um, yeah, you know, look at action, look at romantic comedy. That's my tip. When you think of the amount of uh, beautiful Chinese couples that come to Sydney, for example, to get married and the wonderful extravagant weddings that they have. Romantic comedy could do really well on a smaller budget. 
just from a producer side of view, what piece of advice would you give to someone that's got a script in their hand right now and then they're wanting to turn it into a film? In terms of getting your film made, a film is made by a team. A lot of people you know, watch a Hollywood film and see a film by Steven Spielberg. Well, yes, maybe, but uh, there would have been at least 300 people involved in the making of any of Spielberg's films. And it's a collaborative thing. So if you can learn to be a good collaborator, if you are a writer, if you are a director, what you need is a producer who then stands side by side with you. So build strategic partnerships. And that sometimes means letting go of a bit of control. But that also means you have to find someone you can trust. If you can find a team you can trust, then trust them and back them, support them all the way, and go make your film. If, if you're feeling nervous about letting control, maybe you're not meeting the right people. What is the best way to actively seek the right producer for your film? Listing your top 20 Australian films, if you, you know, the Australians that are listening, list your top 20 films, whatever territory you're in, then look up the crew list. Who produced it? So if, you're, if I'm a writer or I'm a director, who produced this? Okay, wow, they like this sort of work. I like the work that they do. It's an apples for apples comparison. If you're wanting to buy, if you're wanting to buy a Toyota, don't go down to the Mercedes dealership and vice versa. Obviously, 25 films you've distributed. Tell me just a little bit about what you think makes a good actor in a film. Looking for someone, it's a being thing, right? So they can, they are the character. They're not, they're not pretending. They've, they've actually got the chops. So when we're looking, at, whether at the big screen or the small screen, we are there in the moment with them. Now there's a, there's more people who say they're actors than than will ever be cast in anything. Um, my advice to actors is don't get put off. Because when you go for a casting, you may not be right for that film, for that play, for that role. But you might be perfect for something else. So find out what you're good at and have a bit of a non-attachment to some of the roles you go for. If you didn't get it, don't beat yourself up. It doesn't mean you can't act. It means you're just not right for that role in that director's opinion. And guess what? That's all that matters in that process. You, you might go and see that film and you can tell all your friends, I would have been better. Well, that's irrelevant. It just, it's, it, you just burn yourself out with that type of thinking. I really like that advice, and especially with the actors, with the casting process as well. It's very similar to what some of our other guests have said as well, which is you can be the best actor in the world, but you are just not right for that specific role, and then the right role will come up. Now, our final question is to do with distribution and for filmmakers, actors as well, especially if they're going to do their own material, once you've made your film, what is the best way to get that out in front of an audience? And I want to put a couple of scenarios with you. We go for the film festival route. Do we try and sell it to a streaming service? Do we look for a big premiere, an opening weekend, and try and get it at the box office? What do you think is the best route? Look, it, it really depends on what the film is like, and you really have to do a bit of research, screen, do a test screening, find out whether what you think the audience is. Put, put a group of those independent people, your friends, your mum, your dad, your auntie and uncle all tell you you're brilliant. I'm not talking about that. You, you can have that, that uh, comfort screening another time. Get a group of people who don't know who you are to watch the film, get some feedback. So once you're getting, if they are 
not giving it a standing ovation, if they're not sort of voting eights and, and eights and nines, you may really, really struggle in the cinema. Uh, because there was a time when a good film did okay at the cinema. Then it had to be a great film. Now it has to be a brilliant film. Why? Because people can stay at home and watch Netflix on the small screen, and the small screen's not the small screen anymore. The audience is now very, very savvy. Find out whether is it a cinematic experience or is it best to go straight to cable, but you'll find out that from your audience testing. John Simpson, I'm going to quickly evaluate that last question. I said there was one more question, but there is one more to come from that. From a marketing point of view. Yes. Social media, do you pay a publicist to try and push it out in trade mags or get some editorial with you know your star? What is the best way if you have a budget on a micro feature film, like a film under 100000 that you've made, what is the best way with $10,000 or $20,000 to publicise that film? Okay, I would, do, I would do social media screenings. So I would pack it full of people who are most likely to appreciate it. So if your film, for example, is about a bikey, then go and contact every bikey club and get them into, into a, a, a cinema, 100, 200, 300, uh, and then get them all raving about on social media. I'd do that. I'd, I'd definitely have a publicist because a publicist, whilst you can do your own publicity and you could do okay with some regional networks, a publicist has great contacts and they're very worthwhile investing in. So social media, social, get early. Before you've even finished your script, start your social media build of your audience. Then as soon as you've got something to show them, Get, stack the room full of people who are going to love the film and get them talking about it and get your publicist onto it as well. John Simpson, absolute pleasure to have a chat with you. This has been Conversation Hollywood. Thanks very much for listening. 